This is Adrian Warnock's Christian Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Right, well, hello, everyone. Um, my name's Adrian Warnock, and I'm here uh, with a really good friend and brother of mine, Julio. Um, so, Julio, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me, uh, Doctor. Oh, not many call me. Not many people call me that these days. But uh, that 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 is that is true. My title, but you can call me Adrian. That's, that's how I've known you, brother, from day one. Yeah, I mean, when did we meet? Wasn't it? Um, it must have been 19, like, oh, twenty years ago, twenty-five years ago. Ninety-one, ninety-two, brother. That's when I met you. Yeah, no, you're right. Actually, so that's 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 more than twenty-five years ago, isn't it? Now that's um, exactly. Yeah. Wow, and we both still look really young, don't we? <laughs> yeah, don't laugh yeah, too much. Don't laugh too much. I know I've got I've got grey on my side here. My new go faster hairdo shows off the white a little bit too much, really. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at myself. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm I'm an old man now. I'm the over fifties now, Adrian. Oh uh, yeah, I'm I'm still. I, I I'm liking to say I'm still in early forties, but I think I'd be telling a lie if I said that. I'm I'm nine <laughs> now this year. So there you go. Okay. And we're both parents now, and um, you know. Yeah, that's uh, right. You have two children. You've got uh, quite a few, don't you? I've got five, although um, all but two of them are adults now. So there we go. So I'm really. Oh, happy. awesome! Well done. But anyway, so Julio, what is that building I see behind you? So behind me here is uh, the Holiday Inn Express in uh, Derby Pride Park. So you're there on holiday at the moment? I thought this was supposed to be a lockdown. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, so we are in lockdown here in Derby like anywhere else in the country. But as you know, uh, the uh, edict and the really advisory from the government says that if you work with vulnerable people, like our charity does, you're still allowed to go to work. So I just came here today to uh, help the homeless people. We have about 40 staying in this place normally we look after i would say between 6 to 12 and trench homeless a day 24 7 365 provision which is really a multi-agency provision but because of the coronavirus uh, the government issued an edict across the entire country for all local governments to provide uh homes in the shape of hotels or hostels so that the homeless people can uh, at least uh, meet the social distancing requirement, yeah. but also look after them. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's incredible, isn't it? Because it, we live in these amazing days where um, huge things are happening. And a lot of people have, have, have not even cottoned on because, you know, almost every day there's another huge announcement. And, and, and as you yeah. say, this idea that in the UK anyway, the government has now, uh, we believe, housed, or at least attempted to house, every single homeless person. So there should, in theory, be no one sleeping on the streets. Because, of course, otherwise, people in London, for example, were really struggling because most homeless people will go to McDonald's to wash their hands and use the toilet and yeah. buy some cheap food, you know, nice, nice burger or whatever. Um, and, of course, McDonald's are closed. Um, or they'll go to um, maybe a, a public swimming pool or a public toilet, and a lot of those have closed. Uh, and yeah. the vulnerable people were going to be even more vulnerable. So, so one day the government just said, right, house them all. And they spoke to hotels that, of course, uh, are largely empty at the moment. 
um, and yours is an example of that. So Derby City Mission, though, um, it's like the it's like an arm of the church, isn't it? In in, in Derby, is that right? That's right. So the way it works is. Um... As you say, Derby City Mission works with all the churches here. We are like the conduit. Uh, the arm is another uh, very good uh, sort of picture of how to see us. But we are a conduit of the churches in the city. We also are a conduit in some respects of uh, the statutory bodies. In this regard here, they approached us, the cent- uh, a local government, well, central government and local government initially to open safe space which has been running for a year, addressing the needs of the entrenched homeless people. And then more recently with the COVID-19, they came back to us and said, could we move the provision from our current building, our current HQ in Normanton to the one here because they wanted more people housed. And so I provide about 15 members of staff here, thereabouts. And, uh, and we have uh, security guys behind me here uh, we also have police. I think uh, just now there were about three or four police bringing some more clients. We have the ambulance services here. It's really a multi-agency provision to try and help the entrenched homeless. So when uh, the UK government um, talked about the government trying to put their arms around people, uh, they mm-hmm. weren't joking, huh? Well, I mean, you know what? This, these are really unprecedented times would you have dreamt of any government doing this even statutorily the government should really be looking after the homeless people but in in practice and reality we haven't seen anything to this level yeah it took actually a tiny little virus to uh threatening our breath to to get governments around the world and more importantly our government has responded i would say positively to address this uh, uh, need. And I think, I don't know if you saw, uh, Adrian, yesterday they came out that charities like us, like ours, are entitled to apply for the, uh, I think it was about 750 million pounds being made available to homeless charities and charities in need. Yeah, no, it's, it's a wonderful thing. And I mean, it's, it's quite astonishing, as you say, that somehow this has made us all feel one i think i think that the the, the realization is that uh, perhaps you know it's highlighted the connections that there are between people because if you've got lots of homeless people in a city all sleeping rough uh, mm-hmm. and not able to get food or drink well what are they going to do i mean i guess they're going to loot or they're going to rob or they're going to go knock on people's doors or, or what are they going to do because so many places are closed for them they would have literally starved to death but also i guess they would have shared uh you know continue to spread the disease so you know in order to lockdown work they then the government go oh we've got to help these people yeah well you know what if they hadn't done this adrian the bottom line is it would have cost the government more long term you understand yeah so i think the proactive although they are forced to do this the proactive nature of what they did is actually going to save the country money uh, because I think they're, they're trying to get to the problem at source rather than wait until there's a massive problem and then they can't deal with it. So this is a, a fantastic way of controlling the spread of the disease. Absolutely. And I don't know how it's working in other parts of the country, um, but obviously there in Derby, uh, it's a wonderful thing to see the churches working together. 
uh, and then also, you know, having that respect of the local authorities, because I'm, I'm guessing that, you know, with so much else going on, this edict that came from central government yeah. onto their, their desk, they're like, oh, what do we do? And for them, they knew immediately they could come to you. And I, I know that's been true of food banks and other churches and churches yeah. in other parts of the country probably as well. Yeah, so in Derby, uh, just you mentioned the food bank here. I don't know, this is just a bit of trivia. I don't know if you knew that uh, the first food bank in the world apparently started in America in, in the, uh, I think, 1960s. Uh, you can, of course, check that out and uh, make sure you can correct me if I'm wrong. But then uh, the food bank in the UK, the concept of a food bank in the UK, because you know we got a very good system here of looking after our people, uh, this universal credit or whatever it is called today is a thing that was established uh, based on the Bible, I think. You know, you know where in Boaz times when people used to go into the fields, uh, they would leave some food on the edge of the field so that the poor could help themselves. So that was really the birth of, uh, uh, how shall I put it, social... Uh, what what we call it here in England? Social what? Uh, social action, I suppose. Yeah. Social benefits. Social action, social benefits. Oh yeah, the, the benefit system. Yeah, the government. The benefit system is really is really coming out of the Bible, uh, uh, Old Testament principles, really. And of course, those principles were reinforced in the New Testament because we need to look after one another. You know. Yeah. And, and, so and uh, interesting because so, of course Jesus. The trivia I was going to make uh, before I forget it, Adrian, is um, the first food bank in the UK was called Basics Bank. It started in a suburb of Derby called Alice Street by a guy called Jeff Holland. And uh, the guys in Southampton heard about this Basics Bank, came to visit, liked the idea, another city mission in Southampton, uh, and then they, they called it a food bank. And the whole thing started just uh, growing. And food security has become a, a massive business now. And it was actually the, the, the Derby City Mission that started the first food bank in the UK called the Basics Bank. That's wonderful. And as you say, so the UK, all the food banks are run by uh, Christian organizations or churches. Right. There, I, think. I mean, not, maybe That's not right. one, but a lot of them are. Yeah, that's right. So in Derby, I think uh, we have uh, one central hub where uh, people, different food banks will come and collect. And so all the supermarkets here, we have seen a lot of people respond. I think thus far, we've probably received close to 30,000 pounds to help, especially with the COVID uh, uh, crisis. It's a wonderful thing. Of course, Jesus had a lot to say about poor people, didn't he? And how uh, you know, he expected his followers to, to care for the poor and, and not, not disobey, not, not ignore them. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's the bottom line. You cannot have church. I mean, the way I see it, Adrian, it's both and. So uh, we are called to proclaim the gospel, but uh, social action is an expression of that gospel. It's, it's an extension of that gospel, and it's uh, really something we should be doing as Christians. Yeah, I mean, you're demonstrating the love of Jesus, aren't you? It's hard to say to somebody that Jesus loves them and then leave them hungry, huh? Yeah, we are the hands and the feet, yes, but we are also the mouthpiece. So um, are you finding at the moment that people are more open or less open to the gospel right now? People are extremely open, man. I mean, 
our neighbors, our people working with. You know, on Sunday, we can't do a service here because of the government edict, as you know. But what we're going to do is we're going to recommend them all to go on, uh, on TV. Uh, the guys here have got their own rooms. They've got, they get three meals a day. And uh, we bought uh, for them a basketball, uh, 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 what you call it, hoop. Uh, we bought a uh, 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 badminton set for them, some arts, uh, some arty uh, things for them to, to get themselves kind of occupied and uh, not bored. So we got all that here. But one of the things we're going to do on Sunday is hook them up, link them up to an Easter service so that they can actually watch it from their own rooms. It's a pity we can't run a service for them uh, ourselves, but actually there's a lot of uh, uh, streaming that's going on that we're going to link them to for a service on Sunday. So there's a lot of uh, interest in the gospel right now. That's a wonderful time. So, I mean, right now, um, I guess a lot of people who might have not really considered their own frailty or their own mortality, uh, I guess what's happening now for a lot of people is it makes you realize, I, I mean, I've, I read a verse today in Deuteronomy that was talking about how um, God says, don't think that you're own, by your own strength, you've got all your wealth. Suddenly, mm. many people who don't have a job anymore or they're worried about their health or they're worried about will, will their families make it through? Uh, you know, will yeah. their businesses make it through? It's a, it's a very scary time for people. And I guess that's a, a time when people might, might be driven either away from God or towards God. Would you agree? Yeah, 100%. So I... I um... I, I agree with you. I mean, so here's what's happening with me personally, if I, was, if I was to personalize this. When I watch a lot of the news and I hear uh, about the symptoms of this COVID-19, right? Uh, I, I find myself getting filled with anxiety because I'm watching too much negative news, right? But when I go back to the word and I listen to the word, I get so much encouragement and the fear disappears. And uh, a mutual uh, uh, friend of ours, you know, uh, Nikki Gumbel, was speaking uh, on that very point that the more he watches the news, the more anxiety, the more he reads the Bible, the more he finds uh, solace and uh, comfort and the fear disappears. So sometimes I even think I've got the symptoms because I've been watching too much news. And then when I don't watch it, the symptoms disappear. <laughs> You understand me? So they're not, they not symptoms. It's just that I think I've got it. No, I think there's probably a so, lot of people like that. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of hay fever around at the moment. And so that can be a bit of a worry as well for people. But as you know, I'm a hay fever sufferer. I, I don't like to say that because I, I don't identify with disease. But, uh, but I've suffered from hay fever in the past. And I think I had one bout one day, you know, when we had the nice weather. But uh, thank God, you know, it's all disappeared now. But, but it, isn't it interesting? Do you not think that many people spend their whole lives um, not in fear of death? And obviously, I'm not saying we should be gripped by fear. And you, you talked about that. But also, mm -hmm. the other extreme, maybe a little bit um, too complacent and just assuming, well, look, you know, I'll be okay. I think many of us don't really experience death much until we get older and perhaps our parents uh, get sick and die or you know, we begin to get sick ourselves. So I, I think in a way, in the West anyway, we've become quite complacent in many parts of the, of the West and thinking that we're okay and that we'll, we'll be fine. And now suddenly, uh, an event like this, it confronts you with your own mortality and with your own weakness, which is a maybe a good thing if it drives you to 
Massively. People, I mean, uh, people are now recognizing the importance of life. So, for instance, just uh, briefly, I did a little devotional earlier uh, in the week, which was really about breath, and it had three main points, that the coronavirus is threatening breath, right? Breath is subtle, breath is uh, quiet, breath is intimate, but actually the coronavirus, the bottom line is threatening breath. What it does is, and you correct me, you're a doctor and I'm not, what it does is the airways and the lungs, which are meant to be pumping oxygen into the uh, blood bloodstream and the body, if that stopped, basically you stop breathing, and if you don't breathe, you die. You don't have any life. And in the uh, Genesis, Old Testament, Genesis 1 and 2, God made us in his image, Genesis 2, 7. Uh, God breathed into us, and mankind became the living being, Nefesh Hai. The other time that uh, uh, breath is seen is uh, at the death of Jesus Christ, and this is Easter time, this is Holy Week. On Easter day, when Jesus died on uh, Good Friday, he cried, it is finished, and he breathed his last. He breathed his last so that humankind could breathe again, right? And then finally, at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came down, and the breath of God was now realized by the entire world through the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross and applied by the Holy Spirit. So this thing is threatening life. But actually, it's a great opportunity for us believers to say breath is from the Lord and people need to return to God to breathe again. Amen. And of course, the Greek word for breath is, is pneuma, isn't it? Um, and so we, right. see, uh, so we see sort of um, pneuma as in the, the you know, pneumatic drills. Um, That's right. Also in terms of, uh, in, in terms of the the wind of the Holy Spirit. It's actually in the, the word is the same word used for Holy Spirit. So we don't we don't have right. that in English. But yeah. it's actually when the, whenever the Bible talks about the Spirit, it's actually talking about the breath of God. Yeah. That's right. That God breathed into man at the beginning. Um, and, and so yeah, every time we take a breath, we can be grateful uh, to God for giving us that breath. But we can also uh, see it as a time to sort of breathe in. Uh, the presence of God and the Spirit of God, and breathe out all those those fears and anxieties and, and such like, and, and oppression from you, this world. You're you're so right. What I'm uh, what I'm realizing is I do my one a day because I I'm actually exercising more now that uh, we we're, we're allowed to go one a day. You know, when I was allowed to go every day, I had very little exercise. Now that it's only one a day, I'm going out a lot. I'm discovering a few things that people are actually appreci appreciating breathing. They're appreciating their lives more. People are kinder and engaging with each other, even though at a social uh, uh, distance, but they're still engaging. The other thing is uh, I'm seeing loads of families together and actually happy being together. Uh, and another thing is people are getting fitter, you know? <laughs> It's amazing. One friend of mine said she's never exercised ever in her life. And since this coronavirus, she's been out every single day exercising. All right, okay. So don't, don't rub it in too much. I'm, I'm one of these people who told by the government not to leave the house at all, you know? 
I'm sorry, my brother, but uh, I'm glad you're you're looking healthy, my brother, and I like the haircut. Oh yeah, no, this is my go faster haircut because I, I'm literally not supposed to mix with anybody. Um, yeah. Because of, of you know my my immune issues, so I, I need to make sure that I uh, I stay indoors. Well, they do say I can go in the garden. That's about it. That's all I'm allowed to do. Ah, that's good. And your parents have a decent garden, do they? Yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah, and I know I know you've got a, a smart garden there, and you've done more to it now. Yeah, no. I, I haven't seen the new works in your home. I can't wait to get there, man. This coronavirus finishes, I'm hitting the Warnocks, man. Yeah, I know. Well, it's it's been. Um, I tell you what, that's one of the things, isn't it? We we're appreciating individuals more. I mean, even just doing this kind of video face to face. Very often in the past, I think people just use the phone. Um, yeah, and, you know, but we're realizing because we're, we're all being shut up and limited in the amount of time we can see each other, we are missing yeah. each other more. And having video calls, there's a couple of friends of mine I've had some face-to-face -face calls with that I haven't done that for a while with. And as you say, there are, there's a few people on my list that I'm like, I really want to see you again. It's interesting uh -oh. you start to realize the ones that you really care for. And yeah, you're one of them, brother. No, you are, you are definitely. I mean, you, you, are, you taught me a lot. I mean, your passion for God your capacity uh, to think. I mean, your mental agility, incredible. And also, not just that, you know, a lot of people might have incredible mental agility, but they don't really know how to apply the knowledge they have. Uh, another unique thing about you, Adrian, you actually know how to apply the knowledge. And that's a gift. That's a rare gift. Oh, well, okay. Oh, bless you. Bless you, Julio. <laughs> Maybe I'll start. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll stroke your ego as well a little bit and say oh, the wonderful CEO you are and it's wonderful to see your, your gifting and your anointing. No, but in all seriousness, I mean, it's, it does seem to me that you've really landed on your feet up there in, in Derby and uh, your, your gifts of leadership and evangelism and just caring for, for, for the needy has all been together, hasn't it? So, I mean, it reminds me a little bit of some of the things you did years ago when I first knew you. Uh, in London, and I guess you learned a lot there, and you've applied some of that in your new role. Is, is that fair to say? Yeah, so I mean, um, it's, it's like I'm here in the time that uh, God has uh, appointed, and all the past years, God has been training me for this. Mm. I mean, and it's not just you who is saying it, Adrian. I'm hearing people from around the world, all the networks I have around the world, saying, You are in the right place, brother. God prepared you for such a time as this to be in this city. And uh, let me tell you some few, uh, two quick things, how I ended up here, Adrian, in, in case you didn't know. So the first thing is, as you know, I took a break from ministry. Not that one ever takes a break from ministry and went into commodities trading a bit. But I was actually in uh, Hong Kong when God said to me two things. One, I've never called you out of ministry. And that kind of shook me a little bit uh, because I thought, you know, God had called me into business and I would then bless the ministries. But God said, I've never called you out of ministry. Secondly, I've never called you out of the United Kingdom. That freaked me out because I thought I was going to settle in Santon in South Africa until actually Jesus returned or until I died. And then God said, no, I want you back in Britain. And guess what? Derby is in the Midlands, bang in the middle of the United Kingdom. And you're within literally an hour to 50 million people in this country. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. 
So God is doing things here, as, as I've said with the food bank, for instance, that could be replicated elsewhere. And so God has brought us here to actually be in the paragon of uh, 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 ministry that engages with people, but uh, uh, is unashamed about sharing Jesus at the same time. And this breath theme is actually a perfect theme for such a time as this. It's Easter time. We got this COVID thing. People are open. I mean, the, 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 the field is, uh, is out there, brother, wide and open. So what advice would you have to um, other people who are Christians who are sort of serving maybe either informally in their streets as a volunteer or through the NHS volunteer system? I mean, three quarters of a million people have volunteered there. I'm sure a number of yeah. Christians or through food banks or other churches, charities, whatever. How, how could you, how, what, what advice would you give those people right now about how to be both sensitive to the spirit, but also not... I guess taking advantage of people and, and you know Bible bashing. So my advice is very simple: be authentic, be real, right? What I mean by that is don't pretend to be something that you're not. Secondly, I would say be sensitive to the promptings of the spirit. I was in one of our buildings where we're doing some uh, works for the guys that are in there to be moved to once all this is over, two lads talking to me. And in fact, they started talking about my Tesla. You know, everybody sees me driving a Tesla as a CEO. They think, oh, you, you know, where, where are you making a lot of money? I said, no, this is a gift from the Lord. And they looked at me and said, what? <laughs> These are non-Christian guys. And I wasn't saying that to get a reaction from them. I was just being authentic, being real. I, yes, this is a gift from the Lord. You know, it's not because I made a lot of money and then I managed to buy this. God gave me this. Now, that opened up a whole opportunity to share. And these two guys, Callum and Scott, we ended up having 30 minutes. They actually stopped what they were doing. And we spoke for about 30 minutes, of course, keeping our distance uh, about Jesus Christ. Now, I wish I could end by saying they both nailed down and gave their lives to the Lord. No, they haven't done that yet. But a seed has been sown, and I'll work with them for the next 12 weeks. And let's pray that God does move in their hearts. Another thing is I was playing basketball with the guys here. And they started trying to figure out who I was and where I come from. And we started talking about Easter and that I would come and do a service with them here because I'm a priest. Uh, and, and I mean, I believe in the priest of all believers. I'm, I'm a minister, if, if you like. And uh, it opened up opportunities to talk to two guys from uh, East Europe. And I was talking to one of them now. Uh, I think he says to me, he wants to get into business with me uh, because I think he thinks he's going to, when you have business with a minister, it's blessed. Mm. <laughs> and therefore, you end up with a lot of money. I said, no, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> okay, just, just, just simmer down. What you need is Jesus in your heart and life. You don't need all these things. These things will follow believers. We don't follow them. So, yeah, I'm getting lots of opportunity. Be authentic and listen to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Wonderful, wonderful. So, I mean, we've, we've been chatting for a while now. It's been wonderful to chat to you. And uh, just wonder Yeah, I got to head out. Before we go. 
I got some clothes that I need to sort out for my homeless people here, but uh, I always love talking to you, doctor. Yeah. Have you got any last sort of closing thoughts for anyone listening? Well, I think the closing thoughts I'll give is uh, are really, I think you wrote a book which was quite powerful, which is powerful. I mean, it's still in print, right? Which one? They are both in print. The yeah. resurrection, resurrection one. Yes, uh, that's right. So the resurrection one's called Raised with Christ, and then the gospel one is Hope and Born. Okay. Well, I haven't seen the other one. Maybe I need to go on uh, online now and purchase that one as well. But the the revelation one, I mean the uh, resurrection one, is a powerful book. And and what I raised is it raised with Christ? Raised with Christ. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got two copies actually. I don't know how I end up with two. I think you must have blessed me with one, and I bought one. So anyway, I got two copies. I should bless somebody else with a copy. Bottom line is the resurrection really is about Jesus Christ rising again. And Jesus rose, as we'll be remembering this coming Sunday. And when he rose, he gave us the opportunity to connect with God once again. He conquered death so that we could conquer death. And Jesus Christ gives us that opportunity. And I would say something very simple. Uh, I used to be, as you say, an evangelist, and you and I, where I'm seeing an evangelist. You and I used to preach at Speaker's Corner on Sundays. I don't know if you remember that. I do remember, yes. <laughs> and I used to preach a very simple message there. A, admit that you're a sinner, because the Bible says, for all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. B, believe and trust in Christ, because only Jesus Christ can save the world. And C, we got to do something about it. So you need to commit hmm. your life to God. And uh, if people are watching this and they want to have that opportunity to commit, maybe you could lead them in a simple prayer. Yeah, that would be a good idea. And uh, just to say as well, then, uh, as we're talking about books, um, the other book, Hope Reborn, uh, is a book mm-hmm. designed exactly for someone at that point uh, who wants to become a Christian, wow. who's interested in understanding what the gospel is. It, it, it just goes through in, in a few very simple chapters. It uh, starts off actually talking about when Jesus met the Pharisee and the prostitute and how he, he criticized, if you like, the religious person, but accepted yeah. the, the so-called sinner because the sinner came to this, this woman, you know, who other people would label as a sinner, as a, as a prostitute, uh, came to Jesus and, 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 you know, was repentant and was washing his feet. And so Jesus accepted her, uh, but didn't yeah. have so many strong things to say to the, to the religious person. Uh, then we go into, what? you know, the gospel, how to actually become a Christian, what it means to um to to follow jesus how to mm-hmm. begin to read the bible how to begin to pray um and and what it is to look for in a church just a very simple thing to help you find a church as, Christ, as a new christian wow. and it's, it's great as well for people who might have been christians for a long time but want to re-examine the gospel i mean i found yeah. when i was when i was um when i was diagnosed i, I guess i went through <laughs> a similar kind of reaction emotionally to what maybe some people are having now is they're sort of facing yeah. to frailty, weakness, and the possibility even of death. Um, mm-hmm. It can really unhinge you a little bit and make you ask yourself, well, do I really believe this gospel? I might have, you know, been a Christian all these years, but do I really believe it? And so for me, I actually picked up my own book and read it again <coughs> at that point to just get the clear in my own heart. And I found it really ministered to me and, and gave me hope at a time when I didn't have much hope. So if there are some people yeah. who are feeling that anxiety you spoke about and, and want to sort of get the gospel clear in their own hearts again, then I would encourage them to get hold of 
copy. I would love to be able to post a free copy to someone, but I can't do that because I'm not allowed to go to the post office, but it's pretty cheap. No. You can get it um, from Amazon. Which is Amazon, is it? Hmm? Is it on Amazon? Yeah, both of them are on Amazon. So Raised with Christ is the... Put on, 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 this, on this broadcast, could you put a link for us? Yeah, I will. And Hope Reborn is the... Um, is the uh, gospel one. And the Hope Reborn I actually wrote with Toppy. You know Toppy, my pastor. Or Toppy. Yes, that's right. Yes, yeah, so powerful man. Together. I'm sorry, somehow, I, th I thought I'd given you a copy, but maybe I didn't. Sorry about that, brother. In the new one, I think you might have spoken about the fact that you were writing a book. Yeah. But I, I haven't seen you for a while. I know you, I know you came to visit us uh, recently, yeah. but I think that's probably... Uh, that visit was probably what uh, we had been apart almost a year. We hadn't seen each other or something like that. Something like that. No, but I'd written the book before then, so maybe I, maybe it just I didn't have a copy with me or something. But anyway, listen, bless you, brother. And um, as, you. for anyone who's watching right now and you want to become a Christian, uh, let's just pray for you right now. And yes. you know, amen. And, and really, all you need to do is you just need to say, uh, Lord Jesus, you know, we we come to you and we thank mm. you that you came and you lived a perfect life for us uh, and you died a death that you did not deserve for us but you also mm. rose again for us and you're mm. reigning in heaven now for us and one day you'll come back again for us and so we, mm. and lord we we turn from our sin uh we turn from all the things that we've done wrong we ask you to forgive us for those to give us new life to refresh us to live inside us to make us new and to go on making us new to, to make us into followers of you instead of followers of ourselves, that we might mm. walk in this world as your arms, loving other people mm. and blessing other people instead of hurting other people, we pray. And that we might become true followers of you, Jesus, and that one day, whether we, we die this week, this month, this year, mm. or in several decades' time, that we will know that we will meet you face to face and we will be united with those who die knowing you as well, we pray. So we ask you for anyone listening that has prayed those prayers, that you would be so close to them right now, uh, and to yes. all of us actually, that you would be close to us and you would calm our fears and fill mm. our hearts with hope and fill our hearts with love with a desire to reach out to others as best we can, to serve others mm. and reduce the pain that many are feeling right now, we pray. Amen. Amen. Glory. God bless you, my brother. All right, now you go and bless those people and uh, all the best. God, yeah? God bless. Bye-bye. Well, you've made it to the end of an episode of Adrian Warnock's Christian Podcast. You must have some stamina. Well done. And if you liked what you heard, you know what to do. Subscribe, review, tell all your friends about it. And in the meantime, why not visit adrianwarnock.com.